0: Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question... Why don't I ever say that smoothly? (laughs) Let's try it again. You're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is, as per usual, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I watch every episode of Buffy exactly 20 years after it originally aired. Which means that today I am talking about Halloween. I am so excited about this episode. I have one, two, three, four pages of notes. And usually I have like one page. (laughs) So I'm really excited to talk about this episode. First, let's read the summary. According to... The Complete Slayer, which is not a great summary, not a great book, but whatever. Halloween, a traditionally quiet time in the supernatural community, is interrupted by the opening of a costume store owned by warlock Ethan Rain. Forced by Snyder into accompanying groups of children on their trick-or-treating, Buffy, Xander, and Willow find themselves in a close-created nightmare as Rain's spell transforms people into the reality of their costumes. While the children turn into monsters and ghouls, Xander becomes a soldier, Willow emerges from her body as an intangible ghost, and Buffy as a helpless noblewoman. Willow leaves Xander and Buffy with the unaffected Cordelia to get Giles' help. Angel arrives, but frightens Buffy, who runs from the house and hides in a warehouse, pursued by Spike, who is about to kill Buffy when Giles forces Ethan to reverse the spell. Which, that's not really how that happened. Giles breaks the statue of Janus. Um, And that's what breaks the spell. He beats up Ethan until Ethan tells him how to break the spell. And then Giles does it. So that's the general plot. Um, I think I'm going to try a slightly different structure to this podcast than I normally do. I'm going to, um, since I usually watch it the first time on Thursday nights. And that's when I do my minute with my Michael and my mom. I think it would make more sense If I place you guys the minute at the beginning, right after I read the summary, and then we can get into my thoughts because that way it makes, it's more linear because whenever I say anything during the minute, like I try to like not say a lot, you know, it's supposed to be about them, not me. But whenever I say something, it's always, you know, my first thoughts upon the first watching and I always watch it at least twice. So, um. Yeah, I just think that would make more sense, and I don't know why I didn't do that from the beginning. So um, I will see you in a moment after the mmm minute. Hi. Hi. It's time for the mmm minute. minute. And uh, I'm here with my mom. Hi. And some other person that may or may not choose to interject at any random moment when we least expect it. And that would be your Michael. (laughs) And we just watched... Halloween! Yay! What do we think?
1: Uh, I didn't enjoy this one. What? I didn't enjoy Buffy being... Not dressing up like Xena? A 17th century woman. Yeah. Well, that wasn't very good. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. But But I did enjoy Willow. Willow was good. Cordelia was good. Well, Cordelia was kind of bitchy.
0: But in an, an awesome way? No. No?
1: No, she was being really friendly and nice. And then she started being the previously (coughs) picked personality for Cordelia.
0: Hmm. Well, she was being exasperated with Buffy because she was being so helpless.
1: But the part where she was, you know, in the dating slayer, Well, I didn't enjoy that.
0: I think that is just there because you're supposed to realize that that Buffy sees Cordelia as the person that she could be if she wasn't the Slayer. Okay, fine. So, it's
1: just, so they have to show her flirting with Angel. Oh, you and your book knowledge.
0: <laughs> it's not book knowledge. That's just how it is. Um. But. Okay, so you didn't really like it. What do you think of Ethan?
1: Uh. I wasn't impressed
0: I like Ethan because he worships chaos and so everything he does doesn't make sense okay and it's always going to be a funny episode when he's around and what would you think about um, Ethan calling Giles Ripper and alluding to a dark past of Giles which I think we get to find out about Next episode, maybe.
1: Yeah,
0: I thought nothing of it. You didn't? No, I thought that was pretty exciting. Um, what would you think about? You said you liked Willow.
1: Yeah, Willow was awesome, and driving up in the van. Oz. Oz. Oz was
0: great. Oz driving up. Who See? is that girl? It's the second yeah. time you said it. Yeah. And this is really Willow's turning point, because like the last episode when she yelled at Giles and Angel, and then this one, where she's like coming out of her shell, she's really starting to kick ass. It's good. She's being the, the future Willow that we know and love.
1: I think I could have handled Buffy better if she hadn't had that hair. I know. Why did they change her wig? I don't know. It was silly. It she said you liked that hair. I liked the hair when it was up.
0: I I also liked the other hair, but I don't see the reason for it being different when she changed. I think you were just supposed to to think, oh, that's actually her hair now, but it didn't look like her hair it didn't make any, any sense. more so than the wig. Yeah, I don't know about that. So, did you have any
1: favorite outfits? Well, I really like the plaid pants that Buffy was wearing in the first scene. Yeah. However, I liked her princess dress. Yeah. I would like to have a princess dress. Yeah, you deserve a princess dress. I think so, too. Yours should be in, like, a... Lavender blue, velvet.
0: Yeah, and, like, your green color. Turquoise. Yeah, a turquoise and lavender. It should be, like, a mermaidy princess dress.
1: Yeah, well, I tried that one year. It didn't work out so well.
0: What, your mermaid dress? Yeah. It didn't work out because it was a hobble skirt? Man,
1: yeah. I don't know why it didn't work out.
0: I think it did work out. You wore that princess, you wore that mermaid dress all the time, didn't you? Like every chance you got? Yeah, for picnics
1: and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was the most ridiculous dress. Do you have pictures? I don't know of any. Oh. Man, this
0: is so funny. It's like a hobble skirt, and it had like tulle on the bottom. It was a hobble skirt. You know, it's when the only way you can walk is to hobble, because it's so like, it looked like a mermaid tail, kind of. Oh. Um, okay, so best outfit, Buffy's pants, and princess the princess dress, but probably not at the same time. No,
1: not at the same time.
0: Uh, what do you think about how Buffy and Angel were just like all of a sudden like they've been dating for a year just hanging out
1: that's how they do it It's weird that's how they roll
0: I think this is like the first time you've seen them kiss since the episode where he turned into Vamp Face when they kissed the first time mhm so it's weird we're about Spike and Drusilla you hate Drusilla I hate Drusilla I love
1: Drusilla I can't wait for Spike to be nice I
0: love it when Drusilla says, Do you love my insides, the parts you can't see? And then he says, Eyeballs to entrails, my sweet. Oh, my gosh, Drusilla.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Daddy for you? I don't mind crazy. You know, I'm all about crazy, but she's just a... Maybe it's her voice, her accent. I don't like. I
0: love it. I love it okay did you have a favorite quote mm. Mm. no um who is the most valuable player the episode willow willow which means she gets it twice in a row yep Xander was
1: pretty
0: bad. better get over here if you're going to comment so people can hear you people can hear me i don't know if they can that
1: is a perfectly good reporter.
0: I don't know. It's gonna really suck if later you can't hear you. <laughs> so you better get over here. <laughs> okay. Most valuable player is Willow. Um. What else is there? Oh, is there any object of affection?
1: Ooh. Uh, I want the princess dress.
0: Princess dress.
1: Yeah, only well, I don't want it to be pink.
0: Yeah. It was just a little too I guess it was supposed to look like a costume, but being, like, red and pink was just kind of silly. Um, princess dress. Okay, so what are your ratings? How much did you love it? I didn't love it at all because,
1: you know, children in danger. Can't get past those things.
0: You're not good at children in danger? No. Hmm.
1: And where were the children they were supposed to be taken care of? When they were all running about.
0: Well, they... They
1: were in charge of those children. At
0: the the end, there was a bunch of kids around them, and they said, we better get them back to their parents. I know, so that all resolved. Cordelia said that, in fact. She was the first one to think of the kids. Oh, well, good for her.
1: (laughs) Enjoyability. Oh, man. I believe you don't like this episode. Huh? I can't believe you don't like it. It's Halloween. Halloween. Everyone turned into their costumes. Hey you know what? What? I don't like Halloween. (gasps) I've never, ever liked it. How are you her mother? I don't know.
0: (laughs) It's so fun. I don't like it. You just wander about the streets and people give you candy for no reason.
1: Yeah. It's
0: a delightful holiday.
1: No, there's a reason. It's Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) That's the reason you So, enjoyability, I give it a one. Wow. Harsh. And the message is... Don't go out trick-or-treating on Halloween. I'm down with that. I'll give that a five. <laughs>
0: um, okay, what, else, what did I leave off? Any other ratings? Any other random thoughts? Hmm. excited about the next episode where we get to see Giles' dark past sure
1: I don't remember it so alright I'm good with that I think mm-hmm. the message was not don't call on I think, that's I think it had to do with Buffy trying to impress Angel by being something that thinking, she isn't thinking that she wasn't what he wanted or being something that she wasn't you know? well you know that's what we do as women who act like Buffy from the seventeenth century. And they're saying you shouldn't do that. Well just be yourself. Yeah. I wonder if I can fit in the mermaid dress. Do you still have it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go get it. I will. Put it on. <laughs> okay. Michael? Do you have ratings?
1: Um I found it to be quite enjoyable. As you got to see everyone, the personas that, the, that they're usually not. So Xander was tough and take charge, he kinda, well, he didn't really take charge, he was still taking orders from Willow, but... He beat the crap out of that guy. But he beat the crap out of Larry. That was nice. <laughs> and he got, he got closure.
0: This is our first meeting of Larry. He will come back again. Yeah.
1: And so, enjoyability, I give it a, a
0: four. Conveyance of the
1: message? Um, if we're going with her message, then
0: no. Don't
1: go for trick-or-treating? No, I like that
0: message.
1: <laughs> What's the message, Stephanie?
0: I don't, I haven't thought about this one yet, but I think I, I think you're probably right. Message. It probably has something to do with you know, don't try to be something that you're not to please someone else, which is yeah. Buffy's motivation behind this costume. Yeah. Because what costume would she have chosen if she wasn't trying to, if she wasn't feeling inadequate? She would have picked Xena. <laughs> she might have picked Xena. She would have picked something. <laughs> is that the sound that Xena makes? Yes. Yeah. So we need to watch that someday. Um, okay, so what is your writing for uh, that? Clarity
1: message. A five. I'll give it a
0: five. Straight up. So you give it a five and a four?
1: I give it a four and a five.
0: Okay, whatever. Well. Semantics. I mean, if we're getting technical here. <laughs> so it gets a 20 from you. Um. All right. Are we good? We're good. This has been your minute. Hi, guys. I'm back. Um, so let's see, what should we, let's start with a, what's up with mixtress? <laughs> How about that? Cause I, I don't do that as often anymore on the podcast. Um, of course you get to hear in detail what's up with me every week if you listen to my radio show. So if you're interested in more of that, um, tune in every Friday night from eight to 11 central standard time. And it's, um, you can get the link, um, the player for that is on my website, mixtressray.com. Um, and I usually, um, it's a three hour show, obviously eight to 11. And it's I usually just do a lot of random babbling. Like I usually have a featured pop culture. I do a what's up with mixtress. Um, and then just whatever other shit I feel like babbling about. And then I just play whatever music I feel like playing um, this particular week, which by the time this podcast posts, um, it should be right before the radio show. So if you want to listen tonight, if you want to pause this and come back and listen to my radio show tonight, I am going to be featuring, um, a Halloween mix. And, um, I'm also going to be celebrating the, is it 30 year? 30 year anniversary of George Michael's Faith album. And I'm going to also be celebrating the 20 year anniversary of The Cures Galore, which is their second, like, singles compilation that came out 20 years ago. 20 years ago tomorrow, I think, is the anniversary on that one. So I'm gonna be, um, and I'm also gonna be playing some Sarah McLachlan remixes tonight. So if you want Um, it should be, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast right after it posts today, um, that's what I'm playing tonight. If you would like to listen and I would love it if you listened. Um, also just a little promotional thing. I got to get this out of the way. I'm going to have to keep mentioning it until I raise enough funds, but, um, I have raised enough to pay for my radio show for a year. On my GoFundMe but what's left is paying for the podcast for a year Um, it comes due every October so it's already been due the charge has been put on my credit card and in order for me to be able to pay it back I started a GoFundMe excuse me so if you'd like to help me out I would be incredibly appreciative I keep track of everybody that donates um, because I'm going to I'm gonna eventually make buttons and I always like to make sure and um, thank each person individually and um, all that good stuff. So if you'd like to help me out, I would be so, so, so happy. I have like, right now I think I have $115 or $120 left to reach my goal, something like that. So um, the link for that is gofundme.com slash mixtressradio. X T-R-E S S radio spelled the regular way. And then if for some reason you'd rather go through PayPal, um, I can still mark it on my GoFundMe as like somebody donating. Um, so that's paypal.me slash Mixtress Ray and Ray is spelled R-A-E. So with that business out of the way, let's do a little what's up with Mixtress. So I have been on vacation for two weeks from work. Um, And it's been really awesome. It, I just, this is my favorite time of year. I almost always take a two-week vacation during October because my birthday's in October. I love Halloween. I love um, just this kind of weather and it's actually started to cool off. In fact, I just turned my heat on right before I pressed record on this podcast. So right now my house is filled with that that awesome, like, burning the dust off of the heater smell because it's the first time I've turned it on all year. And I'm really excited about that. (laughs) I always love that smell. You probably shouldn't love that smell, but I do. Um, So I'm excited. It's supposed to get down to, like, the 20s tonight, which, for some reason, I am just happiest when it's cold. I'm happiest at night, and I'm happiest when it's cold. I like dry, cold weather. So I've been sleeping really well. I always sleep a lot better when it's cold. And um, yeah, it was just a really great vacation. I didn't really, um, I didn't go anywhere at all. I didn't have the money to go anywhere, but I, um, I, I filmed a lot of YouTube videos. So I actually have a YouTube video lined up to post every single week from now through the beginning of next year so I've never done that before I've always just like recorded a video whenever I felt like it and put it up after I get done recording it I've never like had a queue ready before so I'm hoping that I'll be able to get more subscribers to my YouTube channel since I by being more consistent at least and um, also since I recorded so many YouTube videos I had to edit them kind of like all in a row and by doing that editing a whole bunch of videos at once which i've never done before i learned some new editing skills like it's still very rudimentary like i my computer can't even handle very much um i really do need to get a new computer mine's seven years old but it's it's still good it's still good (laughs) Can't really afford that, so I'm hoping it holds on for another couple years. But anyway, um, so I'm proud of myself because I learned some new editing skills and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to put up a video. So if you're interested in that, uh, my YouTube channel is also under Mixtress Ray, and um, I will be putting up videos at least from now through. The first couple of weeks of January, I have enough lined up that I sh- will be putting one up every Wednesday. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah. I also, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet on the podcast. Uh, I've been talking about it like nonstop on the radio show. I just really don't edit myself on the radio show. I try to keep things more professional on the podcast, but um, I am just like you know, I don't hold anything back on the radio show. I babble for really long periods of time on the radio show. But, um, so I don't know if I've mentioned this yet on the podcast, but I've been getting really into tight lacing lately, which is the, um, practice of wearing corsets a lot, um, and lacing yourself tightly in them. Um, and I've acquired three corsets over the course of my vacation and I've been um, wearing them pretty much every day for a few hours a day. And it's helping me with my anxiety because of the like compression on my abdomen. It has, you know, it's had that effect on a lot of people. A lot of people wear corsets for that reason. And I'm hoping that I will be able to wear my corsets to work, um, just under my clothes so that people don't like notice it. But I don't know how well that's going to work out. Um, I've tried it just for like short bursts of like going out to run errands, you know, wearing a corset under my clothes. And it can be complicated because it just makes your shape so weird that like it's weird to wear pants, (coughs) excuse me, like wearing pants over a corset is very strange (laughs) because like the waistband of the pants ends up like bulking out because your waist is much smaller than it normally is in a corset and then like when you sit down it like stretches down and then it gets caught and you're in on the bottom of the corset and it's just like i don't know so i'm not going to be able to wear what i usually wear to work is like corduroy pants and a shirt you know like i don't dress up that much for work for most of the time but I feel like if I'm gonna be wearing a corset, I'm probably gonna to have to wear, wear it with like a dress because like things at the waist don't work well. Anyway, whatever. So I've been wearing a lot of corsets during my vacation is the short version of that. And I've been really enjoying it. I'm definitely a corset person. Um, and yeah, it's just been a really, really great vacation. I have stayed in a good mood the whole time. I've stayed pretty creatively productive. I did sort of have a plan to paint the kitchen but that never happened and (laughs) like I told my friend Rebecca I'm comfortable with my with my level of inactivity or unproductiveness or whatever whatever it was that I said so yeah I don't really feel that bad about the fact that I haven't painted the kitchen it'll happen someday um yeah so let's go ahead and get into this episode this is such a good episode despite the fact that my mom didn't really care for it it's it's always surprising to me like she really likes the ones that i don't like that much and vice versa so it's kind of funny um let's see okay so this whole episode revolves around the crux of this ethan guy so this is the first time we meet ethan i think we see him in two other episodes And he's always a lot of fun because he just blows in and he has some sort of plan to throw chaos into the mix. And then he just sort of laughs and flitters away, you know, and he's just like the little chaos fairy. (laughs) And I love that about Ethan. And um, so this is the first time we meet Ethan. So I had a hard time grasping on what the possible moral was to um this episode, and in the beginning I was thinking, okay, so this god that Ethan is calling upon to make this spell is a two-faced god, like literally this the statue head that he's like praying to with his blood and doing all the incantations and whatever to make the spell has a face on the back and a face on the front. And, um, like Giles says later, whenever he sees Ethan, right before he beats him up, he, um, he says to Willow that that's a statue of Janus. He like symbolizes the division of self, female and male, light and dark. And then that's when Ethan comes in and says chunky and creamy. Oh no, that's peanut butter. There's a lot of really great moments like that in this episode. It's it's hard to pick a quote because all the quotes are very short. It's a very quippy episode where a lot of little moments like that. Chunky and creamy. Wait, that's peanut butter. There's just a lot of little things like that that I wrote down that I'll be telling you guys I'll be peppering in every once in a while. Um, so the first thing that I was thinking was like, every single one of these characters has two sides for, to them. Like what is often really hammered home about Buffy is that Buffy's constantly having to try to reconcile the worlds, the two separate worlds of Buffy the girl versus Buffy the Slayer. Um, and then I thought about how Ripper, how Giles has this Ripper persona that we don't even know about, that this is the first time we hear anything about, which is so exciting. Um, Just another reminder, if this is the first time you're listening, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. I will say things without even thinking about it, about the series, a lot. So there's your warning. Um, And then there's Willow, who she thinks of herself as this bumbling dorky chick, but she's really Slytherin. She's really like kind of power hungry. She is sort of bossy. She um, has the ability to totally take charge and boss people around and yeah. And then there's Xander with his fragile masculinity. Like in his core, Xander does not have a problem with girls having power. He really doesn't. He actually likes it, but he feels like he shouldn't like it. Um... Which leads me to what I think the actual moral, by the end of the episode, after four pages of notes, I think I figured it out. Where is it? Because I was like, oh my god, that's it. That's the moral. Okay, it was on the second page that I actually figured that out. Um, when we see Drusilla and Spike together, the only time we see Drusilla in the whole episode, um... She is, um, she's prophetic, you know, like she can tell the future. She's also nuts, though, so people don't always trust what she says. And the way that she says it is always very weird and poetic and cryptic. But um, what she says is that everything's switching outsides to insides. And then I started thinking about, oh, everyone's costumes in the main cast, everyone's costumes, everything they picked was a persona Of something that they feel like they should be so like where did I write the list of what I thought everyone should be so I don't know (laughs) I don't know where I wrote that um but anyway Willow dresses up at first she dresses up like um kind of like just sexy. Just kind of sexy. The 1997 version of sexy. She was wearing fishnets and like combat type boots and um, like this red wraparound around shirt that showed her midriff and like a short vinyl skirt. It actually looked more leather than vinyl, um, but it could have been either. Maybe patent leather. <laughs> and she had like kind of gothy makeup on and um, yeah. So I felt like that was what, that wasn't really Willow. That was what she was pushed into wearing by Buffy. And I assumed that they were Buffy's clothes that she was wearing because she was getting dressed, dressed at Buffy's house with her. And she just felt very insecure and weird. And I don't know why Buffy was pushing her into like doing the whole Halloween is your excuse to be a slut thing that whole thing Um, let me just go through my oh wait let's finish that thought Xander dresses up like a soldier and um, in the beginning of the episode you see Xander um, we meet Larry for the first time who sort of bullies Xander he's a definite bully type and um, he's sort of being threatening towards Xander and then Buffy comes in and saves him And Xander gets all butthurt. And like, why did you like, and she, and that's when, (laughs) that's when Willow says, boys are so fragile, which is one of my favorite quotes from the episode. And um, so he dresses up like a soldier because he feels like that's what he should be. At his core, he's really not that, but he feels like he should be this like, you know, masculine thing, you know, (laughs) but he doesn't know how to do that putting on masculinity is a costume for Xander so um, it's something he feels like he should do and um, Buffy dresses up like a a 16th century noblewoman because she thinks that 16th century I don't remember how that whole century thing works I mean 19th century is 1800s right 20th century is 1900s yeah yeah So 18th century would be 1700s. I don't know, whatever. She dressed up like a 1775 noble woman in like a princess outfit because she thought that that was like the type of girl that Angel would be into. So she was putting on a costume of something that she felt like she should be as well. So it was just, I think the moral of the story is an exercise in like, You know, don't try to be something that you feel like you should be that you're not. Because if you end up becoming that through some chaos worshiper spell on Halloween, then you're not going to like the results. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Which is why I think it's particularly fun to watch Cordelia in this episode. She gets her costume from a different place. So she doesn't, she isn't affected by the spell. But she just dresses up like a cat. <laughs> and she's just like, I don't know. It just fits her. She wasn't trying to be anything that she, sh- that she sh- felt like she should be because Cordelia would never even do that anyway. Okay. I'm like totally off track. Um, let me go through my notes here. Um, I hope oh, Buffy's door opens the wrong way in this episode. So there's a lot of weird little goofs and plot inconsistencies and shit like that as per usual um but that that kind of bothers me because her door is supposed to open like it's her doorknob is on the right side from inside her house but in this episode and in Inca Mummy Girl which was just a couple episodes ago it opens the wrong way so they're just using a different set or something I don't know um let's see Oh, in the towards towards the beginning of the episode, Spike is sent one of his lackeys, lackey vampires, out to with a camcorder, and he was taping Buffy fighting another vampire. So he was like Because <laughs> he's like studying her fighting skills, and it's just hilarious. He you can tell he's just like so in love with her already. But then In walks Drusilla. This is the only scene you see with Drusilla. And one of the first things she says to to Spike is, Do you love my insides, the parts you can't see? And Spike says, Eyeballs to entrails, my sweet. I'm trying to train Michael to um, do this call and response with me. So um, we'll see if it works out. So basically at least once or twice a day, I'm going to ask him if he loves my insides, the parts you can't see. And he will... I will have to make sure he answers correctly so that it just becomes a thing. That's my plan anyway. I don't care if it's forced. I want it to become a thing. Um, Let's see. Buffy, throughout the episode, is wearing her signature frosty brownish beige lipstick. And um, her nails match, too, in this episode. She has a really great outfit um, towards the beginning where she's wearing plaid pants and, like, a black tank top with, like typing at the straps and at the neckline that it's like an army green color or olive green color. More more like in between olive and army. And it's um it's just a lot of fun. It's just a good episode. And her hair's pretty good. It's at a good point right now. She's still got wispy bangs, which aren't really my thing, but it works on her in this nineteen ninety seven context. Um let's see. For some reason, while Willow and Buffy are talking about Angel, um, they decide that they need to steal some of the old Watcher diaries to read up on Angel, which was a terrible idea because Angel was a really, really, really evil vampire, as you're about to see later in this season. And... no good could come of them deciding to like investigate the watcher diaries whenever they might mention angel bad plan bad plan but they end up just like reading up on like just some generic had nothing to do with angel watcher diary from 1775 which is where there was like a little drawing in the diary of a noble woman and like you know one of those nice little outfits like Buffy wears later and they're hanging out in the bathroom talking about it and Buffy's like wow there's she's so pretty and mysterious I wish I could wear pretty gowns and blah 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 and that's when Cordelia comes into the bathroom and she says the most awesome thing ever she says When it comes to dating, I'm the Slayer. Because earlier in the episode, Cordelia was flirting with Angel at the Bronze whenever Buffy showed up because she was late because they were going to have a date, I guess. And she was late because she had to fight a vampire, which is when Spike was taping her with the camcorder. Anyway. So, I love that Cordelia said that. And I started thinking about, I wonder if Cordelia's a potential Slayer. They never address this but much like i have a theory that drusilla is a potential or was a potential before she was turned into a vampire um i feel like cordelia might be as well because she's pretty badass like she doesn't really get scared she holds her own she knows what her limitations are she like sometimes she'll scream or whatever but i guess she has been scared a few times but it was only, like, the first few times she was in mortal danger around Buffy that she was scared and screamy. But now she's really, like, during this entire episode, she's totally calm. She's like, whatever, we're in danger. Let's get on this. Like, she's she's a 20th century woman, okay? She's good. Um, So I don't think that is ever something that is addressed. And by the time the series ends when all the potentials become Slayers, which is the big plot point at the end of the entire series. At that point, I think she was already in a coma on Angel. I'm pretty sure um, the way those timelines because she was on Angel most of that series, but she wasn't in the last season at all because she was in a coma. I think she was in one episode right before she died from the coma. So I think... Although, if she was in a coma and she was a potential, she would have been turned into a slayer while she was in a coma and then she probably would have had enough strength to wake up. I don't know. I think she is a potential. That is my headcanon and I'm sticking with it. I like thinking of Cordelia as a slayer. Um, I don't know, Was she in the comics at all? Did Cordelia just get completely, like, forgotten about as a character like did I mean the way that they dealt with her demise on Angel was so awful it's just like all of a sudden she was in a coma and then she died it's like what how are you gonna do her like that come on Cordelia she becomes such a badass on Angel too for the most part she, she made some some weird weird plot decisions that happen on the series of Angel Anyway, let's get back to the episode at hand, which is only season two of Buffy. Um, okay, so there's the Watcher Diaries bathroom scene, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Willow at some point. Um, so Buffy's all like, wouldn't it be so cool to be one of these women? You just get to be pretty and wear lots of dresses and blah, blah, blah. And Willow's like, actually, I prefer being able to vote. <laughs> willow has a lot of great like fuck the patriarchy type lines in this episode like when she says oh boys are so fragile (laughs) and then i prefer being able to vote um let's see um and then we see the scene i think that's when we first see ethan is the next scene after that little bathroom watcher diary scene so um he kind of mentions in that scene that he is the ever faithful servant of chaos or whatever something like that i really really love that he worships chaos i I don't know i just love that plot point of like somebody just being able to come in there anytime and be like okay guess what this episode's gonna be total chaos it's not gonna make any goddamn sense let's go it's like that with every ethan episode um the second ethan episode which i think happens in the next season band candy he comes along and he does some spell with um, candy that the band is selling as a fundraiser so it's like all these candy bars that are sold to mostly parents because that's how that would go (laughs) you know your parents buy most of your shit so that they can help you with your fundraiser and it turns all the adults into teenagers and then it's just total chaos because everybody's acting like a teenager and um so that's a super fun episode that's one of my favorite episodes of all time um and then the third time i think it's only the i think the third and final time we see ethan he shows up on giles's birthday and he does a spell on giles to like turn him into a monster i can't remember what the thought behind it was but so Giles wakes up the next day as a demon and total hilarity and chaos ensues so it's just so much fun every time Ethan shows up it's too bad they didn't utilize him more I mean it would have become kind of like okay here's Ethan this is gonna be a crazy stupid episode but I would have been fine with that I mean they could have at least had him come in once a season I mean we only get him three times but Ethan's the best and let's see I like how um, Buffy describes Halloween as come as you aren't night. I don't like the context because she's trying to talk Willow into... I mean, it just seems like she's trying to talk Willow into dressing slutty, which I don't see the motivation for it. Like, Like, it's fine if your Halloween costume is something way sexier than you would normally be in real life. I mean, I get why that's a thing for women because we have to spend so much time and energy making sure that we're you know decent because if we're if there's a tiny bit of cleavage then somebody's gonna fucking comment on it and then they're gonna say that we were asking for it so I understand why there's this huge influx of women deciding to dress sexy on Halloween I I get why it's like that needs to be a release that we have it It needs like we have a sanctioned day where we're allowed to do that but it's also kind of i don't know i feel two ways about it for one dress however the fuck you want whatever the fuck you want you know but i also think it's just really really sexist whenever it's like firefighter you see two costumes next to each other and there's the dude firefighter which just looks like a firefighter and the chick firefighter where all she's wearing is a hose or whatever you know like okay so anyway i just thought it was uncharacteristic of buffy i mean if willow had said something all they would have had to do here to make this work for me was if willow had the outfit and that's kind of what she wanted to wear but she was trying to talk herself out of it because she thought it was too sexy like if we had some sort of nugget of willow at some point saying that that is what she wanted to wear but she was too scared then fine i would have accepted this entire thing but it just thought it was weird and uncharacteristic of buffy to be trying to talk her into wearing something that she didn't seem to have any inclination towards wearing so that was weird um, I also just wrote I have a note where the fuck is Joyce <laughs> which I understand like I think Christine Sutherland who plays Joyce I think she lived really far away or something like that so that's why you don't see her that often because if they're gonna pay her that she needs to be like in a chunk of three or four episodes together and they need to maximize their time with her I totally understand but it's just odd that like Buffy seems to always be parentless like, you just never see Joyce. We'll go long stretches of time without seeing Joyce in these first few seasons where she lives at home with her mother because she's a 16-year-old girl and her mom should really be around more, but she's not. Um. Okay, what else we got? Ooh, we get Oz again in this episode. So the first scene with Oz, um, Cordelia, like, comes up to him while he's, like, getting stuff out of his locker or something and talks to him because she's sort of dating an the lead singer of the band that Oz is in and he stood her up the day before which is why she was chatting up Angel by the way I forgot to mention this I really enjoy whenever Cordelia and Angel are sitting together in the bronze and Cordelia is just trying to flirt with him because he's waiting for Buffy and she's waiting for Devin and whatever and she's just trying to flirt with Angel and she's being charming and he's genuinely smiling and laughing at her jokes I thought that was a sweet little moment that they like let us see that Angel likes people other than Buffy. Not like that she's a possible romantic whatever, which is what Buffy is afraid of, which isn't true at all. But um, it's just, I just like that because it sort of of just has a little nugget of what I'm sure the writers had no idea was coming because the relationship between Angel and Cordelia evolves and becomes very close and very complicated and very interesting in the Angel series much later on. But I just liked this moment. This is the first time you see them interacting together, really. Him not just like looking at her like, why the fuck are you here? Like they've had interactions before, but this is the first time you see him like smiling and laughing and seeming to enjoy her company. And I liked that little moment a lot. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So we see Oz. <laughs> I love this scene so much when Cordelia just, like, just stomps up to Oz. She's wearing her cat outfit already, which her makeup in this cat outfit is the shit. I love it so much. Um, And she looks damn good in that cat suit. I mean, probably goes without saying, but I want to say it anyway. When she stomps off after talking to Oz, her ass has this perfect jiggle. It is the most perfect jiggle that someone's ass in a cat suit could ever have. And I'm glad that moment was caught on film. I'm just happy about it. Um, so she's talking to Oz and she's like, what's up with Devin standing me up? Blah, blah blah blah. It's just a cute little scene. And Oz says, wow, you're like a great big cat. <laughs> Cause she's wearing a cat outfit. Oh, I love Oz so much. And then he runs into, he turns around after Cordelia walks off. He turns around and he accidentally bumps into willow but willow's wearing her ghost outfit already um because she is afraid to wear like the slutty outfit the buffy pushed her into wearing so she puts a sheet on over it as a ghost at the last minute so no one can see what she's wearing underneath and he just sort of bumps into her and obviously doesn't know who she is he doesn't even know who she is yet and and they're both just like sorry 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 and i just get chills just like every single little nugget of Oz and Willow at this moment makes me so happy and so excited for the future because Oz is the best boyfriend that has ever existed on TV ever 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 you guys probably need to start taking a shot every time I say that because I say it a lot um, so yeah um, I just get little tears in my eyes thinking about Oz Oz and Willow oh my god okay let's move on <laughs> move on to my notes here um oh yes, I looked up I wanted to know if there was a translation of um the Latin that Ethan is speaking whenever he casts the spell. And I looked it up. I'm sorry, you're probably going to hear like e, 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 little noises while I do this. But I looked it up on my phone and I'm just going to read it real quick and then I'll lock my phone again so it'll stop making terrible noises. Okay, here we go. So this is the translation according to darkshire.net. Janus, or Janus, 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 hear my plea. Take this as your own. Come forth and show us your truth. The mask is made flesh. The heart is curdled by your holy presence. Janus, this night is yours. So I enjoyed that little spell that Ethan did. Um, And I think that sort of reinforces my theory too. The mask is made flesh. So the thing that you are, that you think you should be, the the thing, that, the mask that you're putting on for the world, if it becomes real, are you okay with it? So I think that could really be applied to regular life. Like think about the persona that you put on in order to go to work or the persona that you put on in order to go to school or the persona that you put on in order to be okay around your family or certain groups of friends you know like if this persona is really far away from who you really are you wouldn't be very happy if it suddenly became you so I don't know I think it's a pretty good moral the more and more I think about it I'm into this moral (laughs) this is turning out to be like one of my very favorite episodes the more I think about it the more I watch it the more I talk about it it's just good shit So, whenever everybody is turned, we're at that point now. So, everybody becomes their costumes. So, Ethan's just said the spell. They've become their costumes. The thing that is kind of heavy that they really don't deal with is Willow had to die. She had to die to become the ghost. Because she, like, she suddenly, like, she can't breathe. She collapses on somebody's porch because they're trick-or-treating. She's trick-or-treating with the kids, because Snyder made them all do that. And she collapses, and she dies, and then she stands up as the ghost and walks away from her body. So they never really deal with that fact. Like, Willow has now died. I don't know, I feel like maybe there could have been something cool to do with that little plot point. They could have had that come back in some way. I don't know. It's it's a missed opportunity, I think. Um, let's see. The way that when you first see Buffy after she has been transformed into the helpless damsel noble woman, she's walking around really confused and looking around and she's got that super messy, crazy, big hair, which I love. Um, it really reminds me of the confused way that she's walking around after she is resurrected in season six. So, I doubt that parallel is intentional, but I just, I kind of found it interesting. So, there's that. Um, Xander's acting is kind of hilarious whenever he becomes the soldier dude because he just starts talking in very short clipped, like, very, like, he's not flowery with his language at all. It's like, I'm taking a lot on faith here. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but I do like that he very quickly, like, he doesn't even remember who Willow is. Willow remembers who she is because she's a ghost of herself, I guess, but um he doesn't remember who anybody is, and um, but he still just very quickly, like, Willow kind of takes charge, and even though he doesn't know who she is he just sort of trusts her and does what she says and I like that (laughs) like, Xander at his core, like, he can't not do whatever women that he loves want him to do like Xander can be such a dick sometimes but he still at his core is this person despite what he feels like he should be he is this person that is mostly good and wants to is drawn to powerful women he just is that's why he always ends up dating demons Um, so let's see. And I love when there's just lots of little moments, like I said earlier, lots of little moments, um, of just great lines. Um, like Willow at one point, like everybody is super annoyed with how fragile and damsily Buffy is acting in this persona. And at one point Willow says she couldn't have dressed up like Xena, <laughs> which is a nice moment. Um, And then the first time you see Cordelia after everyone's transformed she's running from like a big hairy like Bigfoot type creature and it's just the cutest little image (laughs) she's in her cat costume running away screaming being chased by Bigfoot Um, and at one point there's this exchange between Buffy and Cordelia which is awesome there's lots of nice little comedic moments between Buffy and Cordelia whenever they're in the changed state Cordelia's not but whenever Buffy's in the changed state at one point she says, It's not our place to fight. Surely some men will, prote- will protect us. And Cordelia says, What's that riff? <laughs> I love her reactions to, like, how annoyed she is with Buffy being a damsel. Like, she cannot, she cannot even with Buffy as a damsel. No. mm Not, not gonna work with Cordelia. She's not into that at all. Um... And then I started, this is where I made a note. Maybe the costumes are all based on what someone else wants them to be. Um, that's when I realized it's like, oh, what, what the costumes are all things that they think they should be, or they think someone else wants them to be. Um, but yeah, we've already talked about that. <laughs> Xander at one point says to Buffy at, and she's on another tirade of like, you know, being all damsily. He says, this ain't no tea party princess. <laughs> i <laughs> oh, love it um let's see willow goes to get giles at one point and giles is so you get a scene of giles in the library he's organizing his card catalog which i find to be hot he's just hanging out on halloween night he's probably drinking a scotch while he's organizing his card catalog um i don't know if you i don't know if you see him drinking a scotch until like the college years I feel like they kept that out because, you know, they assumed that lots of, um, actual high school kids would be watching this or something. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder when the first time you see Giles drinking a scotch. I feel like that's an important piece of information I should have. If you know, let me know. Um, okay. So he's organizing his card catalog. Willow walks through the wall and there's this awesome comedic moment physical comedy Giles knows how to do it Anthony Stewart head knows how to do it he just like sort of throws his card cards up into the air and just like jumps and it's just this awesome little wonderful moment Um, I should probably see if I can find a gif of that Um, let's see Angel shows up like um, while Willow is gone and he sees Xander and Buffy yeah, he sees Xander and Buffy. I don't know what Cordelia is doing. She's not in the room at the moment. And he, they're all at Buffy's house at this point. He like jumps in and he's like, oh my God, thank God you guys are okay. It's chaos out there. And Xander and um, Buffy both look at him and say, who are you? <laughs> just lots of little tiny moments that are just really funny. This episode is just enjoyable and funny. And it's just, it's just good. It's kind of sitcom This episode is a little sitcom in in its comedy, at least. Um, let's see. And then there's a little shot of Spike. Spike goes out because, you know, Drusilla sort of let him know that even though usually Halloween is a time where, like, all the vampires and nasties hang out inside and don't do anything, um, you know, Drusilla has let him know that, you know, somebody's come to change it all. Sorry, my accents are terrible. I should never try it. And so he goes out to see what's going on, and he's like, oh, yeah. At one point, he says, this is just neat. And he is, I love how they show him at this point um, in the episode, and he has just sort of, like, made himself his own little gang of, because children, lots and lots of children have turned into their costumes. So a lot of children turned into demons. So they're just like, tiny little like three foot tall demons running around and like you there's this scene of spike sort of bending over and talking to a couple of these demons and he's just like created a little gang of baby demons and they're just following him around doing whatever (laughs) i love how he just naturally gets people to gravitate to him like in two seconds he, he gets a gang of child demons to hang out with him i just love that um I do find it kind of uncharacteristic because Spike takes advantage of this moment and tries to feed on Buffy and kill Buffy and I find that uncharacteristic of his of his character uncharacteristic of his character redundant much because I think that he would want a real fight he likes the fight I don't feel like this makes sense for spike's character that he would prey on her when he knows that she's under some kind of spell and she can't fight back i feel like that's that would be too easy for him i still think he would take joy in the moment but i don't think he would follow through so i almost feel like my headcanon is that he actually wouldn't have fallen through with that followed through with that um Oh, another little, like, blunder, like a little oops. When Giles and Willow are in Ethan's costume shop and um, Ethan shows up and Giles realizes, oh, it's Ethan, I know this guy, he tells Willow to leave. It's like, I'll handle this, get the fuck out of here. And there's a sound effect whenever Willow's walking out of the costume shop of the door closing. Which is obviously like, oh, she's a ghost, she can't touch anything. That's been part of, like, the gags and jokes of this episode. She's walking through walls, and whenever she was trying to, like, do research with Giles in the library, she was staring at a book, and she was like, well, I can't turn the page. <laughs> so, whatever. Whatever whoever was editing it just didn't think like I don't think you can actually see her close the door but you hear it you hear the sound effect it's like uh you wouldn't need to hear anything there that's the only thing that would need would have needed to be different is just that sound effect shouldn't be there um let's see oh at one point Larry he was dressed up the the bully guy that Buffy saved Xander from earlier in the episode He is dressed up like a pirate, so he becomes a pirate. So, at one point, he is, like, looking like he's gonna rape and pillage Buffy. And um, Xander saves Buffy from Larry. So, they're even now. At the beginning of the episode, she saved him from Larry. And now he has saved her from Larry. So, they're even now. I never thought about that before uh, this time watching it. But I don't think I really realized that it was Larry before this time watching it. But um, I should have, but I I just really didn't. Um, I like that. um, So once Giles has gotten Willow to leave, he just starts beating up Ethan. And Ethan is kind of enjoying it because he worships chaos. And I assume that he is a chaos fairy in more than one sense of the word. Is it okay to say fairy? Probably not. But I assume that Ethan is, I don't know, like, on my favorite Buffy podcast, um, other than mine, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, I always listen to the episode that I'm about to watch um, as part of my research. And they were saying, they always award a sexual tension award for the episode, and they gave it to Ethan and Giles during the scene, because it seems very BDSM. Like, every time they show Giles, he's sort of like, he has his like, his handkerchief out and he's like wiping off his hands or something does that mean he's getting blood on his hands like he is really really torturing Ethan like you're seeing a side of Giles you've never seen at this moment which is scary and also hot so um anyway they gave the sexual attention award to the two of them because Ethan really looked like he was enjoying his beating (laughs) and at one point He calls, um, Giles, I had to write this down, the tweed-clad guardian of the slayer and her kin. I think he said sniveling tweed-clad guardian, but I just like the tweed-clad guardian of the slayer and her kin. Giles, tweed-clad guardian of the slayer. (laughs) Um, and then, okay, this is where the episode ends. So... Finally, Ethan's been tortured long enough that he tells Giles that he needs to break the statue to be able to break the spell so then Giles breaks the statue head and that's when everybody goes back to normal and everybody has memories of what was happening to them beforehand so at this moment Spike is about to feed on Buffy and Buffy says like honey I'm home yeah that's what she says honey I'm home and then she beats up Spike and then he runs away and um, then the very last scene like everybody's like ooh disoriented we should probably get these kids home whatever whatever Um, Willow um, is suddenly gone everybody's like oh where's Willow because she had to go back to her body Um, so she wakes up on that porch Uh, so she's resurrected now She wakes up on the porch. She takes off the ghost costume and throws it in the trash and just sort of confidently walks off all by herself, which is a nice little moment. And she just happens to walk right in front of Oz in his van. And he says, just like he did in Inka Mummy Girl, he says, who is that girl? Because at this point she's, you know, wearing the outfit that she was too scared to wear in the beginning. And now she's just confidently walking across the street in the outfit. Um, So both of the first times he has seen Willow, she's been in a costume. She was um, dressed as an Inuit at the culture fair dance thing in Inca Mummy Girl when he first saw her. And now she's in this, like, you know, sexy goth girl outfit. So that moment, of course, like every other moment between Oz and Willow in the beginning, gave me goosebumps and it makes me so happy. I'm so excited. We're going to be able to, like, talk about them getting together. Okay. Um, And then at the very end, it's Giles, the next morning, goes back to Ethan's um, costume shop, and Ethan has left town. I think that was part of, like, Giles was like, leave town and never come back or something, Um, being all threatening to Ethan, whatever. Um, So he goes, and he sees, you know, the place is all trash, and he's left. And there's a note. Ethan has left a note for Giles. And it says, be seeing you. (laughs) And then, Giles, the very last shot of the whole episode, Giles looks up, breaks the fourth wall, and gives a smoldering temptress look to the camera. So, um, those are your little seeds of... Hey, what's up with Giles? What are we about to find out about Giles? Is Giles sinister and evil? What's going on with Giles, dude? So I had thought that the next episode is the Dark Age, which is the one where we get to deal with Giles' past. But I think it's two episodes from now. Um next week is something else. Let me look. Let me look it up. What is next week's episode? Next week is Lie to Me. Um, so it's going to be in two weeks. Whenever we get the Dark Age, which is um, when we get to find out more about Giles's past. So let's get into my ratings because this has been a very long podcast episode. Um, my favorite outfit. At first, I thought I was going to say Buffy's plaid pants and her tank top because I think she looked really good in that outfit. But I think my actual favorite outfit is Cordelia's cat suit. She just she had everything was working for her she had the tail she had the cat suit she had the butt jiggle she had the awesome makeup um she had fuzzy little cat ears it was just good so um her her actual ears I'm pretty sure they were painted black so they were supposed to look like a bow I think that's what was going on um not totally sure but I think so that was just a nice little touch. Whoever did her makeup for this episode knew knew what they were doing. Um my object of affection for the episode, I think were is probably Willow's shoes when she was in the Hallow- her Halloween outfit because they were like sort of mid calf lace up combat-y type boots. So they were pretty cool. I would I would like to have those. All the boots that I have are either like slightly taller than ankle length or I have a pair of knee boots but I don't have any in that sort of mid-range boot I would like to have a mid-range sort of combatty type boot so I think that would be the thing that I would pluck out of the episode and keep for myself the quote um I really like when Willow says boys are so fragile (laughs) but I also really love I think it's just going to be a tie between that and Cordelia telling Buffy When it comes to dating, I'm the slayer. Um, You might be awesome when it comes to, like, demonology or whatever, but when it comes to dating, I'm the slayer. I'm butchering the first part of that um, quote. But the most valuable player of the episode, at first I was going to say Cordelia because she's a a pretty decent badass in this episode. But I think I kind of want to say Giles because... Giles had the most moments where I was like, yeah, Giles, yeah. So maybe that's also a tie between Cordelia and Giles, whatever. These are arbitrary anyway, who cares? The music in the episode, I forgot I was going to try to mention that every time there's music. Um, Let me see if I can find where it is in this episode guide here a song called shy by Epperly and how she died by treble charger are the two songs that were I think the only time music played in this episode was like the scenes when they were in the bronze um or there was something playing too whenever Oz pulled up at the end so maybe that's the that other that charger song or whatever um my ratings out of five for enjoyability I got to give this episode a 4.5. I can't give it a perfect 5 because I don't love it as much as my very favorite episode of all time, which would get a perfect 5. Um, But it's close. It's up there. So that's why I gave it a 4.5. As far as conveyance of the message (laughs) clarity, um, it took me a while to get to what I feel like the message is. So because of that, I docked it a little bit, but I really like the message. So I gave it a 3.5. Um, I I just, I I really think if I have it right, I really enjoy the message. So that means it gets a final score from me of 15.75. So this is a pretty damn awesome episode. I, it was worth the wait. We had to wait two weeks. That's why I didn't have an episode last week because there wasn't a Buffy episode that aired Um, a week ago, 20 years and a week ago today. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, okay. I said that weird, but whatever. So I'm really excited. Next week I'll be back with Lie to Me, which is also a pretty good episode. If I remember correctly, there's some nice bonding moments between Giles and Buffy in this episode. Um, and I really like those a lot, um, when we get to have them. So, um, great episode. I really enjoyed it. Let me know what you think, if you would like, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.